podcast where we talk about life, mission, in ways that are easy to understand. I am Scott. I'm your host today, and I'm here with Luis Sanchez on the other end. Luis, say what's up to the people. Hey everyone, it is good to be back another week. Uh, Scott, it's good to be here with you. Uh, yeah, let's get to it. Well, thank you guys for listening. This is our third episode, so we're definitely still learning and, and trying to get better at this. And so thank you guys for being a part of the journey. Um, some weeks are going to sound a little better than others, and we're learning. And so thank you. Um, today, and in, in the coming episodes, we're going to talk about core beliefs and practices. Uh, what are the core beliefs and practices of the Church for the Nations and of the Simple Church Collective that we're building and forming? So today, we're going to talk about being people that are loved by God. So Luis, what does it mean to be loved by God? Why is this significant? What does it mean? Can you, can you elaborate on that? Yeah, dude. Um, I uh, love that we're getting to talk about this and that we are starting off this series on our core beliefs and practices. Um, you know, I think it was Pete Scazzaro uh, who said that we are primarily human beings, not human doings. And a lot of us wrestle with getting our identity from what we do. I think it was also, I think it was Henry Nouwen who said, uh, you are not what you have. You are not what you do. You are not what other people say about you. You are the beloved. And I love that. You are not what you have. You are not what you do. You are not what other people say about you. You are the beloved. And what Henry Nouwen is talking about is that your identity, the core of your identity, um, should be rooted in the love of the Father and the love that God has for you. Another great thinker once said, um, the first thing that you think about God, uh, when you think about God is the most important thing about you. And uh, for many years, I thought that, you know, my behavior, right, uh, was attached to uh, God's love for me. That if I misbehaved, then for whatever reason, God quit loving me, that if I misbehaved, that, you know, uh, you know, created too, too great of a chasm uh, that, had, that, you know, I needed to bridge somehow with good works. Uh, and so later on, I came to understand that I am primarily, right, uh, called uh, a son of God um, and by grace able to approach the Father as many times as I need. Right to do the great things that he's called me to do, and and it's not the great things that I do, the good things that I do, that um, grant me favor. But it is Jesus's greatest thing that he ever did, which was you know gave gave his life on the cross on my behalf and on yours, uh, uh, that that bridged the chasm between the Father and myself. So yeah, are a people loved by God. Uh, and that should be the most important thing that we believe. And from that place, go do the great things that God is calling us to. Mm. Yeah, we we cannot earn the love of God. Mm. So what do we need to do to be loved? Is, is there something that, that uh, we can do to be better loved? Or if not... Um, how does that affect our life? How does that play into yeah. to our following Jesus? Yeah. Because I feel like 
if we're loved by God um, and we love God, there needs to be some, some kind of evidence to that, right? Yeah. So how, you know, how, a, how could you answer that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think here's the reality, right? I think that there's, the, the short answer is there's nothing we can do, right? Um, to make us love, to make God love us more or less, right? And the, and, and the reality is that God loves us just as we are and not as we should be because we're never going to be as we should be. Um, that's a Brendan Manning quote, wrote a wonderful book called Abba's Child. Um, man, pick it up if you've not picked that up before. Uh, completely life-changing for me, you know, completely showed me about the love of the Father, what we're talking about today, and, and made that the core identity of who I am, you know, through scripture and everything else. Um, but you do not have to earn the Father's love, right? Uh, Dallas Willard goes on to say, um, that God is not opposed to effort, right? But he is opposed to earning. You cannot earn the love of the Father. Um, and, and I can't, uh, you know, uh, overstate that enough. You know, um, God calls us to do great things, but it is uh, his grace that gives us um, uh, uh, and grants us uh, salvation. Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10, for it is by grace that you've been saved through faith, and this not of yourself, right? So you don't have to do anything, right? Jesus did it. It is the gift of God, not by work so that no one can boast, but were God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. For whatever reason, some people flip that, like do good works, and then you're loved and accepted by God. But the reality is no amount of good works grants you love and acceptance by God. And that goes across you know, faiths, right? Like different types of religion have different views, but uh, the common denominator over many faiths is like behave and appease God or the gods, and then God will love you and he will bless you and, you know, bless your fields and, you know, bless your harvest, bless your fishing trips, bless, what you know, whatever it is. And so that can be further from the truth in the gospel. Yeah, that plays into um, this idea in Romans 8 that I, that I want to read real quick. Uh, of being adopted into the family uh, and that idea of fear that dictates on if we're accepted by God or, or how we earned our, our way to God or our salvation. Like you said, different faith you know, traditions and beliefs um, may try and convince you of that. Uh, Romans 8, uh, starting in verse 14, for all who are led by the spirit of sons Spirit of God are sons of God. You did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. And the idea that we're adopted into the family, and it comes from this place of, you know, we don't need to be controlled by our fear, acceptance or controlled by this love that we need to somehow earn and as you as you clearly said we can't earn it um but we're actually adopted into the family and we're heirs and, and we're loved by god this whole idea uh, of adoption um is crazy and that's how we see at least in my opinion maybe you have a slightly different perspective but that's how i see some of the practical side of things and that's how i see how people look and act differently is because well, we've been adopted into a new family. 
we are we are part of a new family with God, and that changes our entire outlook and perspective on life. Um, so yeah, how would you respond to that? So someone once said like the longest distance uh, for us to understand this thing uh, about the love of God is the 12 inches between the head and the heart. And I think that once that uh, distance is closed, right, once we come from a place, uh, go from a place of like understanding intellectually that God loves us to understanding experientially, right, that we are loved and that there's nothing that can be done, um, then our entire life changes. The core of who we are changes. And the way that we see life, the way that we see others, the way that we see God changes. God is not this authoritative uh, disciplinarian ruler that is after uh, uh, you know all of your mistakes, but he's a loving father, right? Um, and that, that has come to love you and to teach you how to love and to love others well. And so the world is a better place because people um, you know, do the hard work and receive by grace, the love of God, the father. And so there's, and it has practical implications. It has totally, totally has practical implications for us here. We're looking to do some great work in the greater Seattle area. We'd love to see, uh, tons of simple churches among marginalized groups, tons of simple churches among groups of people that are lonely, maybe even struggle with mental health stuff people that struggle with addiction, uh, you know, people that, uh, even people who have believed a lie that they are what they have, right? People, so we know that in the greater Seattle area, there's a lot of wealth here, uh, in, in many cases, new wealth. Uh, and so people coming to grips that, you know, money doesn't buy happiness. Money can't buy a good relationship with God, a good understanding of the love of the Father. And, and so, um, maybe there'll be groups down the road of people, you know, with means who down the road choose to use those means to grow the kingdom of God, to share the love of God with others, uh, and 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 even others with means as well. So, so I think the life of a person changes when um, they come uh, into alignment with the reality of who God is. A couple of verses come to mind. Uh, the first of which is um, Psalm chapter 103, uh, where David talks about, you know, who God is. And beginning of verse 8 says, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. Not this disciplinarian in the sky, right? He's not going to always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquity. Love that. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those um, who fear him, respect him, honor him, right? As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, and this is the picture of, uh, of the heavenly father, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. And, and, and here's the reality, right? For he knows that how we are formed and he remembers that we are done. He knows that we can be knuckleheads. He knows that we can have a hard time at doing life. He knows that we're not going to be perfect. He knows that we're going to strike out more times than we care to admit, right? But he's there for us, right? And that's the reality, right? Once we know and we're rooted in the Father's love, not in what we have, 
not in what we do, not in what other people say about us, then I think, uh, you know, watch out world, the, the world is going to look a little more like heaven. And so for me, experientially, once I learned that, man, you know, it really, at first, like my pendulum swung and I was like, how far can I get to the edges? You know, can I test the love of God? <laughs> and, and in God's grace, like his favor continued to flow, not because I was being wise and prudent, but because he's a loving father. And then his Holy Spirit kind of brought me back. He's like, hey, your pendulum needs not swing that much. You know, kind of just be wise, do the right thing, not, not for approval, but from approval and mature and grow. And when you have hard days, when you are knucklehead and you, you know, sin and, and in some cases sin horribly, don't run away from the father, run to the father because the father is the one that has the answers. The father is the one that's going to help you get out of your mess. Um, and, and it's going to help uh, your life, you know, be restored to a heavenly order. Mm. Yeah, man, I think that's a, that's a good um, perspective for us to have is, you know, one, as we've, we've said here, that we can't earn uh, the love of God, but we accept it, we're adopted. And then there's this whole idea that, that God understands and knows mm -hmm. that if we're going to make mistakes, we're going to do things we shouldn't do. Um, and he still cares for us, still loves us, and he's still, you know, waiting with his arms open for us to just come back to him. And his love is never ending for us. Uh, it's it's something that is constant, that is ever existing. Uh, and that's a wonderful, beautiful picture. Yeah. In my own life, um, just to be a little practical for you guys to have a, a an idea of, of how this can actually manifest. Um, I don't want to get too many details and such on this time, but uh, my parents got separated and divorced when I was in high school. And there was a season probably of, uh, you know, two, two good years there that were rough and difficult and mental health wise were, were not easy. And that season, I felt a comforting love from God that I, I hadn't experienced before. I hadn't knew what's really there. Um, and I, and I, I definitely grew up in the church and I had a lot of ideas and conclusions already drawn. Um, but the experience that I that I had with God, Father's love, just being there, just comforting me in in moments and times and days that I had nothing else to go to, um, and that was it. And that was the thing that would just get me through a day or get me through an hour or whatever it looked like at that time. It was really it was refreshing. It was hard though. Um, it wasn't easy. And I'll be the first to admit that uh, I fast forward to now, there are days that uh, I need to be reminded of God's love. There are days mm -hmm. that I feel like, oh man, I really stepped out of God's love or how could God love me after I did that or I said that or like, oh man, I did something I really shouldn't have. I got to have a conversation with someone to fix this. And there are definitely elements of reconciliation and peacemaking and all kinds of things that can go into those. And yeah. we're not going to go down those rabbit trails right now. Um, but God's love is constant. It's there. And it's, okay, you made a mistake. You did something you shouldn't have. He's still there. His grace is, is yeah. still there for us to, to return to 
um, his love is foundational in our relationship with him. And so that's kind of like practically how I, I see yeah. it in my life. And right now, I mean, I, I operate, I operate out of love, knowing that yeah. I'm loved and I have endless opportunities to come back. That's yeah. not an excuse to go just do whatever I want. Right. It is a, a powerful reminder um, yeah. of the God that I serve, the God that loves me and the God that I love. Uh, yeah. And I can just, I can always return to him. Yeah. And that's an, and 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 that's real, man. And everyone's going to encounter this in a different way, you know. But the the reality is this: that there's nothing, nothing, nothing. And Paul makes that clear at the end of that same Romans eight chapter that we kicked this off with, you know, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. In all things, we're more than conquerors. And and the operative word here is love, you know, um, through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that it's neither life nor death neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And if you take anything away from this podcast, I, you know, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you've listened to, to this point. You know, you are loved. You are loved by God. And there's nothing you can do about that, right? You're loved by God. <laughs> And sometimes life Can't is hard. It doesn't mean that, yeah, it doesn't mean that life is hard, right? It doesn't mean that we haven't sinned and we haven't been sinned against. Life, life is hard sometimes. But our love and our worth does not come from what we do, from what's been done to us, from what we have, from what we own. But we are beloved because that's just who God is, you know? God is love, and uh, he can't stop loving you no matter what. And so as we begin to wrap up here, you know, I just want that to be the, the core message that, you know, our, our first core belief here at the Simple Church Collective is that we are a people that are loved by God, and everything else flows out of that place. And we hope to make the greater Seattle area and beyond a little bit more like heaven because people understand that, right? And so... Hey, I just want to say this before we wrap up, man, we're looking for uh, other people and leaders. If you have an idea of a simple church that you would like to start, if you have an idea of a kind of ministry that you'd like to start, we'd love to talk to you. Um, man, we want people that have experienced the love of the Father uh, to uh, go out there and share that love with others. And so simple churches are uh, churches that, uh, you know, Focus on the three ecclesial minimums, worship, community, and mission. Uh, they could be small. They could be mid-sized. Uh, but, you know, rooting them in love is going to be the primary identity of all the simple churches that uh, we, we uh, you know, uh, launch out of our simple church collective. So God bless you guys. I'm glad that you um, have joined us. Scott, thanks again for hosting this. Uh, look forward to chatting with you guys next week. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we are starting Simple Churches here in the greater Seattle area. And we'll talk more in detail about some of these things and would love to connect with you guys. But it all comes and starts uh, at a place of God's love for us. So we thank you guys for listening to this episode and we look forward to hearing from you guys and I think I've got another episode real soon. Bye.